I believe that what we become depends on what our fathers teach us at odd moments when they aren't trying to teach us. We are formed by little scraps of wisdom. Umberto Eco, Foucault's Pendulum. History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and it's Father's Day in the United States. I am not really sure if Father's Day is celebrated on a different day in other countries. I imagine it probably is. So if you're in a country where Father's Day has either come already or is sometime in the future, well, happy Father's Day late or early. But for those of you in the U.S., Happy Father's Day. Today's episode is going to veer away from some of the more depressing and controversial things that we've had to talk about recently. Don't worry, we'll be back to those again this week. But today, we just wanted to keep it light. And rather than looking at historical fathers in a way that you might expect me to do, today, we're going to be talking about the best and worst literary fathers in history. In other words, fathers as they're portrayed in books. Some of them are going to make you feel really good about your parenting, and some maybe not so much. In any case, I wanted to give you something fairly light to listen to this morning while you're waited on hand and foot by your children. So let's get on with the list of the best and worst fathers in literary history. Starting with the bad, although there are more than the number I've chosen here, these three, for me, epitomize how not to be a father in literature. The first is Jack Torrance from Stephen King's The Shining. Not being a homicidal lunatic who tries to murder your family is pretty much covered in the don't section of Fathering 101. Jack missed that chapter because he is a lunatic and trying to kill Danny is not what a dad should be doing. Do not use Jack as an example. King Lear, Shakespeare. Again, not being insane is a good trait for a father. Not pitting your kids against each other to see who loves you the most so they can inherit your kingdom is another. Lear fails on both of these counts and has come down through history as the poster boy of bad fathering. For me, however, one man stands even above Lear. Vernon Dursley from the Harry Potter series. Vernon is the worst of both worlds, dad-wise. He's overindulgent to the extreme with Dudley spoiling him to such a degree that there's almost no way he can turn out to be a functioning adult. And he's harsh in excess to Harry, who was entrusted to him when his parents died. He is no Father of the Year award winner. And if you want to learn how to be a father, read about 
Vernon and do exactly the opposite of what he does. So that's the trifecta of bad fathering. We're going to take a little break before we move on to the good dads because there needs to be some separation between them. We'll be right back. So we've looked at some bad literary fathers. Let's look at some good ones now. I'd like to think that these good examples came about because their authors had good examples for fathers. Unfortunately, we know from history that that's probably not the case. But anyway, let's start with the man who would most likely be father of the year in any literary competition, Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. Atticus is, simply put, the epitome of what a father should be. And the example he gives is especially impressive given the fact that he's a single father teaching his two children how to navigate the world by doing the right thing when it's not popular. He's a great man all the way around, but he's really a great dad. Just ask Scout. One of my favorite literary dads comes from the Harry Potter series and is the very antithesis of Vernon Dursley. That's Arthur Weasley. He's the dad we all wanted. He's always there, always supportive, and always willing to get into trouble right alongside his kids. He manages to somehow navigate that near impossible line between authoritarian and playmate. Next, we have Bob Cratchit from Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Now, you've probably forgotten about Bob because it's June and not Christmas time. But does it get any better, dad-wise, than Bob Cratchit? Even in the bleakest of circumstances, he exhibits generosity and gratitude to his family. And his love for Tiny Tim even changes mean old Ebenezer Scrooge. Maybe he's a little too sentimental sometimes, but a lot better to be that than the opposite end of the spectrum. My next favorite literary dad comes from one of my favorite books of all time. The Shadow of the Wind, and that's Signor Semperi. We never really know his first name, we just know him as Signor Semperi. He's another single dad who teaches his son how to walk like a man, and also gives him one of the best gifts of all, a love of books. He got this from his own father, Signor Semperi Sr., who we meet in the Angels game. And the eulogy that's given for Signor Semperi Sr., is one that I really wish someone would give for me someday. Now, no list like this would be complete without a dad from classic literature. And the one that works best for me is Mr. Bennett from Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. I've got two daughters, so the idea of raising five just blows my mind. But Mr. Bennett pulls it off, and not in some cookie-cutter way. For the daughters that simply crave marriage, he finds ways to set up marriages. For Elizabeth, whose desire is for independence, he encourages her free spirit, her intelligence, and her desire to make her own way in the world. He doesn't do things in a conventional way, which is pretty unusual for that time period and a character being written about in that time period. And he's a good example to all of us. The final good dad 
on this list is going to surprise some of you. Not least of all because you've probably forgotten that this was a book and not just a movie. But if you want a man who cares about his family, above all things, you want Vito Corleone from The Godfather. Yeah, he was a criminal, in quotes, but was there ever a literary dad who did more to make sure that his family was cared for and went to such extremes to make sure they were safe than Don Vito? No. They ate together, they celebrated holidays together, he kept them separated from the world as much as he could, the world that he inhabited, and hey, Vito was a great dad. The lesson here is, not all good fathers are saints. So that's six good dads versus three bad ones, which is a pretty good ratio. For all you dads out there, I hope you have a great day. Keep on reading. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you're finding this podcast both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll help us create more content and go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad-free. Thanks again.